0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Anyway, we are a distracted people. and we've, we've got to focus on the things that we cannot see. If your eyes are focused on a human being, you're wrong. Look at me now. You're wrong. It's not a matter of how wrong you are. You're flat out wrong. It doesn't matter whether it's a political figure. It doesn't matter whether it's a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a future relationship, a husband, a wife, your own child. If you are focused on a human being, you are unbiblical. Because we are to fix our eyes on the unseen. If your eyes are fixed on anything or anybody that you can see, your mind is not in the right place. It doesn't matter how justified it is. Well, you know, I need to fix my eyes. My kids are the most important thing to me. Then you're an idol worshiper. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Not even part of the message. I've got to preach you guys to the place of the message right now. Yeah. I can tell you, I gazed upon the crowd. And when we're singing, my soul longs for you and let it rain and all that stuff, the the cumulative facial expression of the church was this. I know some of you are different. Don't come meet me at the door. That wasn't me, Tom. I know. I looked at everybody. But if longing for the Holy Spirit to pour out his spirit brings about that sort of facial expression, something's wrong say you're going to hell. See how sweet I am? Go to heaven that way. Nominally. Boring in boring fashion. But you can. If that's who you want to be a nice, religious, benign Christian that never makes an impact on anything or anybody because the Holy Spirit's not flowing through you. You know, I was thinking about this as I was worshiping. A lot of people think, again, I'll get to the message when you're ready. A lot of people think, that the church is a hospital. Don't, don't say amen because that's not in the Bible. I see it all the time on social media. The church is a hospital. and Jesus is the great physician. No, no. When you're saved, you're no longer supposed to be in the hospital any longer. You're then supposed to be healthy, producing, growing. Vessels of the Holy Spirit. Not an endless need of medical even though I'm saying it symbolically, medical attention. If you're healed, you're healed. If you're well, you're well. If Jesus is all that we claim him to be, when you got saved, you are 100% in righteousness with God, then why in the world would the church be a hospital? Well, because, you know, we're welcoming in people who need it. Yeah, we're welcoming him, but that's not the church the church is the body of Christ so how can the body of Christ be a bunch of people who are mentally and physically insane think about it how many of you you have heard that statement before you know the church is a hospital We, 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 we absolutely are disrespectful to the Bible and to Jesus himself when we say things like that how can the light of the world well Jesus is the light of the world no you are Jesus is gone. Is everybody aware of that? He sent his Holy Spirit. The verse that I I read to you a moment ago or I just said to you was John chapter 16, 7 and 8. It is to your advantage that that I go away. Jesus is gone. And he actually said in Matthew chapter 10, 13 through 15, that you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill. not a hospital not a bunch of mental patients it's quiet in here i'm gonna lose some people today i can feel it i got people coming up to me at the door now they tell me their streak they've been coming now for four weeks i'm like wow you're way above average four weeks (laughs) Woo! if you can listen this, this i'm not saying that we're average but i can tell you when i got saved Walking into churches like this, it was normal. You came in, they opened up the Bible, hellfire, brimstone, speaking in tongues. Oh, yeah. No problem. Nowadays, boy, it's shock if you say even the word sin. All right, let me try the message, see if you're ready for it. Here we go. Right after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and just prior to his ascension, he said the following. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now listen, he did not know. I'll read the second part of the verse. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. He did not say, but you shall receive being sweet. compassionate, tolerant, and accommodating. He did not say any of that. Now, am I saying that you are not to be sweet and nice? I'm not saying that. I'm saying in a priority. if you look at it in terms of priority, Jesus said you shall receive power and then you'll be witnesses to me. Yeah, yeah. This is why the church needs gimmickry. There's no power. So we got to give away boats. We got to have raffles. You got to receive your gift pack on the way out thank you for coming today you survived foundation church get your gift pack out the door there's some balloons in there for you and the kids enjoy They say foundation church on them hope we come again you shall receive power is what jesus said and here's just this is this is my interpretation so you can take it or leave it don't bother witnessing without it do you know back in the, in the old school church from the book of Acts? Do you know, back in the day, if you were a Christian, you could die for it. Yeah. Right. Now, I know there's some countries that's still the case. I'm just talking about for us right now in the time that we're in. We don't have to die yet for the gospel. But back in the day, they would have to weed out false Christians, impersonators, spies. How would they do that? They would demand that you be powerful. They would almost they would demand pretty much that you spoke in tongues. there was a requisite then. Aaron talked about turning the world upside down. That's Acts chapter 17, verse 6. These who have turned the world upside down. We're barely turning over in our own beds. These who have turned the world. Now listen, congratulations to everybody in this room. You are upper echelon because you're not sitting in a COVID clump this morning surrounded by alcohol gel. For a 99.9% survivable virus. I'm glad you're here. Now will you rise to the level of power? He didn't say, but you shall receive power to witness. He didn't say that you shall receive niceness. He said that you shall receive power. And basically, don't go witness until you have it. Amen. Amen. What we think now is what I'm going to do is be as close to the world as I possibly can to win them. Let me just tell you, you know, I've struggled with that too. Yeah, I'm still struggling with it. Yeah, you know, I understand where you're at, I'm broken. I'm broken too, just barely hanging on. Oh, well, I want what you have then. That's not what he says. Listen, but will that work for some? It it, it will work for some. It may not be ushering them into a true gospel experience, though. You're ushering them into a watered-down church experience. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Coming of the Holy Spirit. I knew that I was going to be preaching this, so when we were singing, my soul longs for you and let it rain, I looked at you. We have got to desire the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Or what's the point of being a Christian? If the Holy Spirit is the reward of salvation and you don't operate in it, that's why some of you are so bored. The romance... The schwa de vivre of being a Christian is the Holy Spirit. That's the romance behind it all. And a lot of us, we look back on experiences that we had 10, 15, 20 years ago. I I have people come up and tell me stories about the days of yore. I'm like, you're 50 you're two years younger than me and you've already spiritually retired because you had great spiritual experiences 27 years ago and you built an altar to it and you worship it instead of worshiping God so when I looked upon my own church whom I love let it rain and rain down and nobody cares I mean come on Some of you need to be knocked off your feet in the Holy Spirit to wake you up that God is alive, that God is real, that God is powerful. Whoo, amen. (laughs) Acts 2, 1 through 4, coming of the Holy Spirit, when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting then there were then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and one that sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance oh and here's a little separate verse and this was only for the times of the book of acts As they're taught in every Baptist church in America. It makes something clear to you. There's Baptist people that are stronger Christians than I am. I'm just telling you that it's wrong doctrine. This is why you have kids from churches committing suicide. They get taught things like this. and They look at their parents and they're like, I know there's no hope in the world. I don't want what they have so where's the nearest gun especially in the climate that we're in right now everything's closed see we think in Florida that everything is like Florida it's not drive out of the state of Florida if you have a chance go experience what it's like in other states this we have the highest suicide rate and who knows how long Right now, amongst our kids, they look at their parents who are Christians and they're like, you know what? I don't want what they have. The world is a disaster. So why live? Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you're just a religious person giving them a list of do's and don'ts without any, look at me, power. Why would you want it? I'd like to have a gospel that works, yeah. Yeah. instead of a list of do's and don'ts. And believe me, I'm a hellfire and brimstone preacher. You'd better be abiding by the list of, do- of do's and don'ts in the Bible. Yeah. But if that's all that you have, you've cut off a giant portion of this book yeah. that's made to make it palpable. Yeah. Yeah. Stop sinning. That's hard. What makes it easier to swallow that horse pill of, you know what, stop sleeping with your boyfriend is to say, but look at the power. That's what Jesus did. Jesus went on and about, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. He went on and about healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil for God was with him. He didn't just go and say, repent of sin. He backed it up with power. It makes it easier to swallow the pill when you see that somebody who is ushering in that power is worthy of your repentance. You're welcome. I'm trying. It's a consumed church right now because everybody's worried about Joe Biden. That's no, not all of you. I get it. It is a lot of people. Doesn't matter who's in. It has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. Nothing. It has nothing to do with your provision. It has nothing to do with your health. They can usher in socialism. It won't touch you unless you want it to. You'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Sometimes that'll be fun to watch. I'm not going to gloat over and disobey God's word. If you remember, if you gloat over it, it's in Proverbs chapter 23. Don't gloat when your enemy falls. Don't let your heart rejoice, or the Lord will see and disapprove and turn his wrath away from him. So when your enemy falls, don't gloat. (laughs) No. Just let God have them. It's way worse than your mockery. Acts Acts chapter 2, 16 through 21. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire, vapor of smoke. And this is the only part any Christians ever listen to right here. I've had 47 Christians come up to me and talk about verse 20. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. I hear 8 billion Christians come up to me and talk to me about, did you think the, you think the moon's a blood moon, blood moon, blood moon, blood moon? Because it's cultural Christianity. Produce nothing. Don't give sight to the blind. Don't raise the dead. Don't give provision to the poor, but talk about blood moons. Right. Right. You're the Q version of Christianity. <laughs> Tom, you don't believe in Q? No, I don't. If those of you thought it, it, that I did, you're wrong. I'm not saying everything Q says is wrong. I don't know. I don't even pay attention to it. No effectiveness it's just blood moons how are you happy with your christianity no power no change no winning the lost but you got an eye on that moon is that red tonight hey bill is that red it looks red i, don't know. I think it might be a blood moon hey it's a blood moon call tom don't call tom don't send me a message don't text me don't ask me any questions don't i'm not answering For those of you who are wondering, what I thought would happen with the election was what should have happened. You have 2,000 sworn affidavits. I thought maybe a court might want to hear it. Call me crazy. (laughs) Since 86 times that was turned down on the basis of standing, that's what I was thinking. That's sort of the army is going to take D.C. by force. You never heard me say anything like that. So stop sending me videos about that too. Well, we need to be concentrating on this. is Okay, I don't even mean to talk about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) See, what people want to happen is for them to do nothing and suddenly for something to happen. No, what you need to do and what I need to do as Christians is we need to interact with our culture, win the lost, and start turning it around election by election by election by election by election by election. That is what you do. You stop being afraid to lose because the person is too Christ-like or too conservative. Well, if we put that guy or girl up, you know what? They're too conservative. They're going to lose in the general. Then go ahead and lose because what's the difference if you do? If you put up the lukewarm conservative, the lukewarm Christian and they win, what have you won? Nothing. Nothing. You just put another Democrat in there that, that butchers babies. Yes. Just like all the 10 Republicans that voted to impeach Trump, they're all baby butchers. Who cares? You might as well have lost that primary with a good solid, tongue-talking Pentecostal. Well, if they do, you know, they better not let Tom ever run for office. Well, they'll pull up his messages. I don't care. You'll see me speak in tongues. You might see me roll on the floor. I don't care. <laughs> but the whole, and by the way, this verse, these verses out of Acts 2, 16 through 21 is not about a special one-time thing. What that's about is the covenant of Jesus Christ. In those days of the covenant of Jesus, otherwise, you know, a lot of Christians are sitting around waiting for God and praying for God to pour out his spirit. Already, do you, how many tongue talkers in here shout amen? Amen. All right, well, he's already poured it out. What are you waiting on? And I want you to find the Bible verse where Paul or Jesus prayed, Lord, uh, pour out your spirit on us. Because the covenant is the outpouring. Anybody who wants it, the faucet is on. But what everybody does is they don't don't even want to turn the faucet on via asking. Lord, pour out your spirit. All right, well, turn this faucet on. What's the faucet? Luke chapter 11. Ask. Ask. Jesus said... You being evil, I'm not talking about you church. he's talking to Pharisees and Sadducees. if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the holy how much more will your God in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who yeah. ask him Amen. Well, Tom, I was raised, raised in Calvinism. Tom, you've been picking on Calvinism a lot? Yeah, I know I am because they're all closed anyway. Why not? <laughs> you know there I was told that when when we were when we got saved we were filled with the holy spirit is that the bible is it the bible that you are filled with the holy spirit on salvation is it it's not what the bible says the bible says you have to ask to be filled bible says in acts chapter 8 14 through 17 acts chapter 19 1 through 7 now listen don't let the bible violate your calvinism Never let the Bible get in the way of your own indoctrination. But in those verses, Acts 8, 14 through 17, Acts 19, one through seven, read them for yourself. Two separate occasions, one ministered by Paul, the other ministered by Peter and John. What happened? Uh, Believers, people who were saved said, we have heard of John, we are baptized under John. They were saved. They were baptized. They knew who Jesus was. They knew who John the Baptist was. And they were asked, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And what'd they say? We haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. That's pretty much similar to the church today. They really have never heard of them. They've heard about him as much as you, as you know about green eggs and ham. From Dr. Seuss. It's a fairy tale. You're not really. I mean, listen. The Holy Spirit scares people to death. Yeah. He's the Spirit of Truth who brings forth all truth. People don't want to know. What if the if I asked the Holy Spirit to baptize me? And I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. First of all, it violates my Calvinism if I start speaking in tongues. Wouldn't want to do that. I don't know why you wouldn't. I violated my Catholicism by even attending another church. I was willing to violate it. If the Bible trumps your denominationalism, choose the Bible. Well, all my friends will hate me. Well, welcome to the club. Everybody hates me too. (laughs) Who cares? You want to talk about a black sheep and a family, you ought to see me when I walk into a room. (laughs) Especially now. I was bad before COVID i'm the only one not vaccinated in my family <laughs> i walk in and anyone that actually dares to turn tune into the podcast anything that wasn't already dead is killed off buried seven feet under with concrete with salt poured on top of it <laughs> why are you so worried well, i'll lose my calvinist friends who cares you want the holy spirit or you want your friends You get way more friends with him anyway. There's no loss with God. Does anything that I've told you this morning, does it say that the things of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, were limited to the time in the book of Acts? Find it. Find the verse. It's not there. And how would that make sense anyway? 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 5 says what? I wish you all spoke in tongues. Whoops. Anybody ever read the Bible? Yeah. first Corinthians 14, 18. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Yes. And you don't think you're called to speak in tongues? That's Paul talking, the one who won the most souls in the New Testament. Yeah. And he says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. That's the minimum requirement because he goes right after that and says, prophecy's better. Do you know that you're called to see the future? what are you talking about Tom this is strange stuff it's only strange to you because you've bathed in Beth Moore books (laughs) I don't care what you think (laughs) seriously I love you I love you more than the person who cares what you think it's absolutely true I love you more than that person just like I love my kids enough to spank their rear end and now they're both saved unlike the rest of the lovers out there who didn't touch their kids and they're, both, they're all hell bound I love you enough to tell you the truth all these compromising lukewarm garbage books you want to talk about having a book burning it's what the democrats want to do anyway you might as well burn all those things and start reading the bible you don't know it Either do I. Transparent enough? You don't know it. Stop acting like you do. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. Romans 12, 3. Stop thinking you know. I'm just bored with the Bible. You don't even know it. Oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Romans eleven thirty-three. Amen. Try it. Amen. Tom, you're condescending. I don't care again. Just try it. <laughs> they want us to double mask. Well, that's a double, I don't care. <laughs> Which I say to them double masking. Told you it would never end. Right. Yeah, right. You're all I'm preaching to the choir right now. You guys are here. Sitting in close proximity to one another. packed out this church i love you all seriously dude the favorite version of foundation church ever there's pretty much a new version every three years don't let that be you don't let it scare you out of here the bible that i'm telling you you need to speak in tongues that's the bible that's not me talking you think the i think i was comfortable with tongues as a catholic standing in the altar at venice assembly of god in 1987 guy like me no matter what i stand out i'm large I never, I don't picture myself large. I picture myself that I look like Aaron. (laughs) Seriously. And then I see pictures. I'm like, holy moly. (laughs) It's a total eclipse of anybody around me. They're gone. (laughs) I stood out there. Stood out in the altar. And there was hundreds of people there. I still stood out. And they asked, who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I had no idea what it even meant. No idea what it meant. I said, that sounds good. In a Pentecostal church. A full-blown Pentecostal at the time. I raised my hand. Pastor Myrus B. McNabb. He said, let's pray over that big old boy in the yellow shirt. (laughs) And like every man in that church surrounded me and they prayed to where I could not stand up and I spoke in tongues. I was saved one week before that. That's what's supposed to happen for you. If I had died in that seven day period, I'd gone to heaven, but I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. It's different. Stop grieving him by acting like it's not. Ask him. There's no harm. You're totally safe. I'm not telling you to listen to another tape series of me. I'm telling you go directly to the Holy Spirit. You have the right. If you are saved, you have the right. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. So you don't even have, you you don't need, okay, get ready for this. I I offended everybody in the first service. I think all the oxygen left the room when I said this. (laughs) There's no such thing as an intercessor. Whoops. How dare you say that? Find it. You better know it better than me. I'm better than average. I'm not perfect. But you better know it better than me. And I've never found it in here. acting like you need somebody to be praying for you is absolute, it's borderline blasphemy of the new covenant. Call the intercessors, why? There is one God and one mediator between God and men. Not a bunch of people who label themselves intercessors. I know that blows up people in this room's theology. But if your theology is not the word of God, then your theology is wrong. And a lot of people like to elevate themselves. Well, I'm an intercessor. You don't elevate yourself to me. You just went down a couple rungs. There is no such thing. It's heresy. It's against the word of God. You have direct access to God. Jesus himself said there is no more priests. You can go directly to him. You are safe. So all you have to do, you can blow right past me. Go ask God about intercessors if you're one. Use your intercessoriness to go intercess and see if you're supposed to be an intercessor. Because he will tell you, out of John chapter 16, Jesus will tell, I mean, the Holy Spirit will tell you what he's already heard. And that's the Bible. That's what he'll tell you it's not in the Bible, the Holy Spirit won't tell you it. John chapter 16, verse 13. He won't. We must learn to embrace power. There's nothing more loving than power. What is love? What is it? Let's look. First John chapter 4, verse 16. This is a point of great contention inside the church. I know this will shock some of you, but many people have accused me of being unloving. There, I, I wonder about them. I got that a lot at the beginning of COVID. You're unloving, love thy neighbor, so close your church. Those very same people, I was paying people's bills. Through my ministry, I was paying people's bills. They weren't doing squat. They were home making cookies on, on quarantine day 14 and putting it out on Facebook cardboard cutout day cookie day I'm so glad to be with our kids this time has given us you know an opportunity to come together as a family take that shove it up your caboose and quit telling me that I have a tone problem while I'm paying people's bills and you're doing jack squat except buying cookie dough for yourself getting fatter day by day i'm paying people's bills well i don't like the tone in which you do it yeah that's you know that's why people like beth moore Came out and supported, didn't vote for Donald Trump, actually, and helped to usher in, usher in the biggest baby butchering president in the history of America. Ushered him right in. Why? Why? Because Donald Trump has a tone problem and sends out mean tweets. (laughs) Let me just tell you something. And you're like, why would you, why are you attacking her? She put it all over Twitter. That's on her. You, want, you don't want me to attack you, don't put it all over Twitter. Feel free, any pastor watching, you can attack me. I'm talking to the camera right now if you're wondering what I'm doing. You can put whatever it is that you want that I've said, I stand by it. So what is love? I've been accused of being unloving, so let's look. And we have known and believed, this is 1 John 4, 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So basically, God is love. Living in God is loving. Amen? Amen. All right. What does it mean to abide in love? It means to abide in God, because God is love. Does everybody see the circular nature of this? There is nothing else. God is love. So what does it mean to love God? 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. In fact, this is love for God, to obey his commands. Life really is that simple. So when Jesus says, when, you're, when Anthony Fauci comes out and says, you know what, we need everybody to be a good community partner and good neighbor and close your churches, what you should do is go, well, what, how do I obey the word of God? Does that mean I'm going to end up with the handcuffs behind my back? Maybe. What does it mean to obey God in that situation? Matthew 16, 19, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. That's obeying God. Yeah, you'll have end up having a website dedicated against you, shooting, putting out our videos of how we're killing everybody in Inglewood. We haven't even had a person hospitalized from this church. <laughs> All the rest of them out there dying, <laughs> allegedly. struck by lightning, died of COVID. Drunk driving accident, died of COVID. No corruption involved in that, though. After 1 John 5, 3, love for God is to obey his commands. Here comes the expectation. You ready? 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is, born, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen. Yes. Overcomes it. Yes. Not acquiesces to it, not collaborates with it, overcomes it. Right. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. See, when Christians speak of love or they form their theology when it, about love, if they use the word of God, let me restate that. If they use the word of God, Instead of Hollywood or country music songs or the world itself, when Christians form their ideology about what love is, they use what verses? 1 Corinthians 13, 13, 4 through 9, exclusively. Let's examine that. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 9, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does uh, does not rejoice in sin and iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes, hopes, endures all things, love never fails. Now, Tom, do you believe in that verse? Absolutely, it's the Bible. It is giving you, now listen, some of those are attributes of God, suffers long and is kind. But God does not have to hear, love does not envy. Some of this is more psychological advice of how to be an imitator of God. Not just all encompassing of what love is. Everybody getting my point? Some of these things are how to avoid being unloving. Love is not rude. There's a lot of people that need to work on that. (laughs) Does not seek its own, that's not God. Not easily provoked. That's not God. It's how, how, that's telling you how to be godly. But it is not, these verses are not all encompassing of what love is. But this is the verses that, it's the only verses people concentrate on if they go to the Bible at all. But God is love. You're supposed to take the Bible as a whole, not part and parcel. So let's look at it. So God himself is love. I agree 100%. I believe 100% in 1 Corinthians 13, 4-9. 100%. But they are not all-encompassing. God himself encompasses love. Those verses are part of it. But a lot of those are advice for you and me. They're not telling you all of what love is. You're supposed to read the entire Bible to get a sense of what love is. So that when you're operating in power, you're not accused of being unloving. God himself encompasses love. Let's look at some verses. Jesus is judgmental. So that's love. Whoops! Where do you get that from? John chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Jesus speaking. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. He's not a bongo playing hippie with a tie-dye shirt. He is a righteous judge. He's not accommodating or tolerant. He's a righteous judge. When you talk about the wheat being separated from the tares, the goats from the sheep, that's Jesus doing that. Commanding the angels to throw people into the lake of fire, that's Jesus. Tom, this is not the kind of church that I'm used to. That's because you've been going to a church that preaches heresy. Yeah. Yeah. And you, people will go to hell because of it. Yes. And the pastors who will be judged more strictly, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, they will answer for, vo- for verse avoidance. That's why you should judge. I didn't say unrighteously, arrogantly, or in condescension. But you are commanded by Jesus in John chapter 7, verse 24, to not judge according to appearance, but do judge with righteous judgment. Amen. You know, look at that guy. He's got long hair. he got tattoos. Don't judge like that, garbage. But if the guy comes up to you who looks like a stockbroker on Wall Street, but comes up to you and tells you that he's sleeping with his girlfriend, tell him. This is what the Bible says about it. Bring in righteous judgment. Spiritual man makes judgments about all things. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. Number two, God is mighty. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. He's mighty, hence, being mighty is loving. God is love. Number three, God is demanding. That's love. That's why you don't just go with 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 9. You don't do it. He's also demanding from whom much is given, much is demanded. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Number four, God is authority. I asked you this. Let's see how many people got it. I asked you this two weeks ago. What is the only thing Jesus marveled at while on earth? Authority. People always say faith. It wasn't. Understanding faith is understanding authority. Jesus marveled at authority. At the centurion, he says, you know what? I have command. I command people to go, they go. I command people to come, they come. Jesus, and he understood, and Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith, not even in all of Jerusalem, because the man understood authority you have it it's loving to operate in let's look Luke chapter 10 verse 19 behold I give you the authority (laughs) that's love what could be more loving for you to walk in a room and play a flute and cry over the sick or to heal them I give you the authority not asking Jesus to do it He's given it to you. If you are in covenant with him, you have it. It's the truth. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Listen to this last one. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Well, that's name and claim it. That's word of faith. Dump, dump your religion. You know why it goes along the same lines as racism? Everybody who calls people racist are racist themselves. They're the ones that are concentrating on race. You are a religious person when you constantly put religious terms on other people. Amen, claim it, word of faith. I didn't say anything about any denomination or any preacher. I'm reading to you Bible verses. He's given you the authority. A lot of you, if you, if you saw a daggum horsefly, you'd run away. <laughs> Scared. He's giving you authority. Yeah. Right. 99.9% survivable virus and everybody closes. Who, does anybody read this thing? Anybody read this bad boy? Yeah. Number five, God is perfect whoo I escaped that one I've been told for many years nobody's perfect that's not in here can't be perfect we're all a work in progress okay you've been in the same place for years and you're not in progress so stop saying that you are if nothing's changed if there's no burgeoning ministry around you or that you're supporting that's burgeoning you're not growing quiet in here on that one I mean, you think you escaped with that one? God is, per- God is perfect. So perfection is love then, right? God is love. Right. Is he perfect or not? Has yes. any you escaped that? Not what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 5 verse 48. Be perfect therefore. Right. <laughs> well, you know, I, I allow myself four sins a week. You know, you'll go and die and go straight to hell for that. <laughs> Enjoy burning for all of eternity in a lake of fire. With your four sins a week. Well, all I do is sin once a year when I just absolutely lie about my taxes. Yeah, you're going to go straight to hell for that. I don't care if you're speaking in tongues. I don't care if you're the best worshiper in the church. I don't care. He says, you have to be perfect. Yes, we need his power to be perfect. We do not have any excuses to sin. And listen, that hurts me. And please understand something. My wife gets really irritated with me when, I, when I'm overly transparent up here. When I tell you guys that I struggle with sin or whatever, please don't misunderstand. I don't license sin. A lot of people, oh, good. Thank you for being so transparent because I live in hell at home with my husband, who is a horrible sinner. But luckily, I get to tell him that you sin too. If I sin, I get it right now. I don't live in it, I don't drag everybody around in it. I don't make my family live in it. Oh, you know what? Dad's a preacher, but every Friday, we know it's beer night. Can't even fathom that. (laughs) Fucking disgusting. Number six God is holy how do I know? Revelation chapter 4 verse 8 the four living creatures each having six wings were full of eyes around and within and they do not rest day or night saying holy, 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 Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come so what's that got to do with you? is that love? so holiness must be loving it certainly is Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says without holiness no one will see the Lord whoops that kind of hurts when you're going to lukewarm Bible study 101 how to be a nominal Christian. That's what most Christians, that's what most churches are training people, how to either barely make it in or convincing people that they are making in and they're not. But they sure got them convinced that they are so that they pay their tithes. I don't need any of your money. I could retire right now and move away and you'd never see me again. I don't need a dime from any of you. Even if I did, I still wouldn't, I wouldn't preach any different than I am now. I'll risk it. I have other, listen, I have other detriments and other faults and failings. Telling the truth is not one of them. I'll preach my way out of a job. Not on purpose. I'll preach my way into being handcuffed. I may end up in my own jail that I put hundreds of people in. That's how committed I am. I'm committed to that. if you don't believe me you just don't know me i'm one radical person you should be too not radical about being radical not radical about donald trump i'm radical about the bible i'm voting for trump in 2024 and i'm hoping 2022 congressman Speaker of the House runs for president. <laughs> so a lot of you already know it. It came from D.C. Drano. Read stuff. Good stuff. Let's take 1 Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse six, out of the love stuff. Does not rejoice. God does not rejoice, or love does not rejoice in iniquity. Have you ever looked at God's true feelings about sin? Yeah, I'm letting that marinate for a second. Have you ever? Because what we get sold is a bill of goods inside the church. Many of you have come from churches like that. You just keep trying. You go straight to hell like that. You're like, Tom, you're just too mean. I'm not mean. I'm telling you what the Bible says. The word of God's quick, powerful, sharp, piercing, discerning, dividing. That's the Bible. Jesus died alone on a cross. He was not accepted by the world. Even though the Bible may be the best selling book of all time, it's the least read. have you ever looked at God's true feelings about sin this should this should cure you of sinning this is how I look at sin Psalm chapter 5 verses 4 through 6 for thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness neither shall evil dwell with thee thou the foolish shall not stand in thy sight thou hatest all workers of iniquity that's how God thinks I'm not done Thou shalt destroy them that speaks leasing. What does leasing mean? Falsehood. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. Is that the Jesus that I committed to? That When I, did my, when I agreed to go on a spiritual journey, a fresh start and a new beginning, is that really? That guy, that skinny jeans pastor, there wasn't any blood getting to his brain because his jeans were so tight. Even though there was holes all over him, they were so tight. The medallion around his neck. Forty-eight years old, dressing like a twenty-seven year old to try to be hip and cool. That's why I don't wear anything. I just wear Mr. Conservative, whatever I am. Whatever hope picks I wear. I didn't need nothing to do with this whole outfit. I live in absolute heaven. I get up this morning, it was all ready. I just put it on. The only thing I ask her is if it's my fat stuff, just make sure it's all my fat clothes. I have three levels of clothes. I got skinny clothes, moderately fat clothes, and super fat. I'm in the super fat realm right now. I lost the same 30 pounds over and over again. I'm at the upper end of the 30. Needs to go back down. So I got to wear the upper end of the 30 clothes. So, do we think of sin this way? Do we think of sin this way? Or have you been Beth Moored? Have you been hyper graced? Well, as long as, you know, the only things that are sin in the modern church are things that don't pass up, pass through people's love meter. As long as it's loving. It really doesn't matter. Sin is sin. You go to hell like that. Tom, you talk about people going to hell a lot. Hell's mentioned more in the Bible than heaven. Do we think of sin the way that God does? Remember, he's love. That's how love thinks of sin. Or have we sat through too many internet sermons? Too many seeker-sensitive services? too many convictionless bible studies i can't stand bible studies that accomplish nothing right. yeah. i taught a bible study here used to sit here every every was it every tuesday yeah, every tuesday right here ended up being pretty much too large to be a real bible study it was more just me preaching again which even bored me there's a lot of people there and i never taught a bible study that wasn't sharp and piercing discerning dividing ever what's the point and I'd be bored I don't do stuff that bores me I know there's certain arduous things that you have to do in life I just don't live a life of boredom I refuse I've told you this before I didn't watch all my kids shows when Tommy watched like Thomas the Tank Engine I didn't watch that garbage and if I was in the room he didn't watch it either we watched what I wanted to watch <laughs> well you aren't a very good parent my kids saved how about yours Just telling you. I'm not going to listen. That's why I don't get why people were sitting here singing, Let It Rain. Naz is giving it all she's got. And I look across the crowd and it looks like a Catholic church that I was raised in 47 years ago. I'm like, what uh, I can't live in that sort of boredom. I want the power, I want the presence, I want the excitement. I want to raise the dead. I have laid my hands on the sick and seed them recovered. I have won people to the Lord. You need to be doing the same thing. And there's only one reason why you're not. You're not connected to the Holy Spirit. You're just connected to some sort of half-baked Christianity. Holy Spirit will come in and R-E-K-T wrecked. That's the new verb. That's the kids thing. And will wreck your life and you ought to welcome it. Welcome in, Lord. Wreck it. He's not going to make you sick. He's not going to kill your body. He's going to renew your mind so that you have power. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Don't be afraid of it. It's the most loving thing in the world is to walk around in power. Number seven, God is powerful. Psalm 62, 11 and 12, God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Psalm 66, three, say to God, how awesome are your works? Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. They're going to submit themselves to you because you're the nicest person in the room or the most powerful. I want you to to do some studying. We got about nine minutes to go. When you get home, I want you to do some studying of the great men of God and I want you to see how nice they were by today's standards. You ever looked into Keith Green? Anybody know Keith Green, one of the greatest prophets of our time? He was not super nice. He lived amongst houses that he bought for the poor around him. He was a millionaire, sold a lot of records. He bought all the houses around him and stacked them full of homeless people. But you crossed them? He, he, he quit taking drummers on tour with him because they were too loud. <laughs> they were annoying me. He would get into, his wife, Melanie, will talk about, he would get into even bouts of basically being moody. He would get angry and, was, and was confrontational and liked to debate. But he was doing way more than the tone police were doing all around him. He wrote songs that people begged him not to record. Begged them because they were too hard. Read about Smith Wigglesworth. Not the most friendly human being. His ministry started at 56 years old. So it's not too late for you, and I don't care whether you're 86 years old. It's not too late for you. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're supposed to live to 120 anyway. Right. Yeah. You got 36 years to go. No, everybody else. T- I'm not kidding. I am not kidding you. you. Or you can just believe the AMA. It's the same AMA, by the way. They just said now that hydro- hydroxychloroquine is good for COVID. <laughs> same AMA, same articles thousands of people have died because they didn't go on hydroxychloroquine if you're 80 years old and not somebody who's going to bind and loose, that's what you should have done they're all dead as andrew cuomo ships covid patients into their nursing homes killed them all and all they needed was hydroxychloroquine before they ever caught covid and they never would have had covid but you know what it's way more important to bash donald trump because donald trump sends out mean tweets good job tone police christians the CCCs works perfect every time. COVID- caving clergy, COVID- caving Christians, COVID- caving churches, it always works. It must be prophetic. <laughs> <laughs> Psalm chapter 68 verse 35. Six minutes to go. everybody with me. Yes. Oh God, you are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is He who gives strength and power to His people. Amen. So it's loving. Being powerful is loving because God is love and God is power. Amen. But who thinks that way? For most love is being nice. That's what we offer people. A church full of nice people. Which is great. I can tell you though, you know why I got saved was the power. Power. I got saved in the midst of a Pentecostal revival straight out of a Catholic church. I was scared to death. No idea what people were speaking when they were speaking in tongues, but I had to be there. I was sitting at the River Church on Monday and Wednesday of this week at their Occupy conference. Supposed to be just for everybody. It's their winter camp meeting, they call it. But it's full of pastors. It's supposed to be full of people, just every, you know, people in churches. It's full of pastors. He had, pastor Rodney asked, how many people in here are pastors? About every person in the room. The pastors coming from all over the world. It was packed. There's 3,000 people there. Hallelujah. Jammed in. Hallelujah. Love it. I live in two separate worlds, but they're identical. I go to this church, and I go to that church. I consider Pastor Rodney to be my own pastor. He certainly holds me accountable, believe me you don't, don't he will just flat out correct you without hesitation you're like someone would dare correct Pastor Tom he doesn't care and what you know what bothers him the most is do not speak lowly of yourself he hates that I made the mistake of saying I was on a flight with him in a bunch of, with a bunch of other pastors eight or nine of us on the flight down to Miami that I told you about and I said, to, I said to everybody, I was just telling a story. I said, well, you know, it's, it was so weird because, I mean, I was just pastoring a church of 150 to 200 people. That's when everybody left, and now you guys have all come, thank God. For now, at least. Hang in there. But anyway, and he came up to me afterwards and said, listen, don't ever make statements like that. That you are just a pastor of whatever. Do not do that. And he prophesied over me. Was it Monday or Wednesday? I hope I don't remember. Monday, I think. I think it was Monday, because we were sitting on the front part there, not to the side. And he said the same thing again. It's the word of God. It's 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 a prophet. It's the Holy Spirit speaking through him. But we think of power as nice. I look at that as power, prophetic. He's sweet as can be. It's one of the sweetest men I've ever known is Rodney Howard Brown. And if, you, if all of you decide you're going to go home with look at look at the services, are we going to go that way? Are we going to be just like the river? No. Every man has his own calling in his own way. Right. Pastor Rodney can deal with a myriad of things and different things going on in services. I'm type A. You will sit still. No crinkling of water bottles. Nothing. I don't care if you leave the church over it. I will not do it. No. Not that he would put up with that either. I'm just telling you, everybody's different. But I would rather have the power. I'll choose power over, over religion every time. You know how long the services were at the river? Oh, no, 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 five to six. And we got there at seven, we got out at 1236. And that was a short one. The next night he called me up and said, hey, we went till one. He said, I got the happy feet. I started dancing all over the place. The last one I watched, I watched till one o'clock in the morning. I watched the one on Thursday, I think it was. So what is what it is? Don't worry, we're not going to do that. I'm hungry. We're going we're to leave in a minute. I'm <laughs> freaking starving right now. Hungry as, I'm hungry as can be. But we're going to go over this before we go. What could be nicer than power? Let's look at these closing verses and these closing moments. What could be nicer than power for the demon possessed? Let's look. Oh, there's people possessed with demons? Yeah, look at the Democratic Party. So here you go. And when they had come, I'm not kidding about that. And when they had come to the multitude a man came Matthew 17:14 through 18 if i didn't say it a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying lord have mercy on my son for he is epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water so i brought him to your disciples but they could not cure him then jesus answered and said o oh, faithless and perverse generation how sweet of jesus that violates many of your christianity right there Jesus himself is not Christ-like to you. Because you would never say, oh, faithless and perverse generation. I would, and you would be all over me about being tone police, thinking that I'm going to hell. Many people who are sleeping with their boyfriends and girlfriends that are going to the hyper-grace churches would never say, oh, faithless and perverse generation, and tell me that I'm going to hell because I would say it, all the while they're the ones going there. How shall I bear with you, O perverse, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I, what the NIV says, put up with you. I'm reading the nice version, which is the New King James. How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. So who, who was it that drove out the demon? The nice people or the powerful people? Am I telling you not to be nice? Absolutely not. This will shock some of you. I am very nice. I actually am. I'm cordial. I'm sweet even to masked people when I'm at the vet. I want to say something. It's burning on the inside of me. I actually want to physically accost them by pulling it off their face, but I don't. I say, yes, ma'am, thank you. Thanks for taking care of the dog. Have a nice day. Number two, what could be nicer than power? This is the last one, and we're done. What could be nicer than power for the sick and infirmed? What could be more loving than power? Matthew 8, 16 and 17. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Not some. Not, you know, what they only healed back in the book of Acts. Well, this is before the book of Acts, dum dum. So how is it limited to the book of Acts? Gosh. I'm trying not to launch into some other tirade right now. I'm really trying to get you out of here. <laughs> this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet isaiah he took up our infirmities and carried our diseases acts chapter 10 verse 38 how god anointed jesus of nazareth and remember by the way you've been anointed just like jesus because you are joint heirs with jesus christ Amen. romans chapter 8 16 and 17 you're a joint heir with jesus how god so you can put your name in there how god and i speak charlie right here charlie markham with the holy spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You are the same. Not because you are Jesus, he's given you the keys to his car. Worship team, make your way. I'll finish right here. Everybody try to stay on me as the worship team's coming up, because I want you to hear this. Christians blow off these verses that I'm closing with right now. Matthew chapter 10, 6 through 8. Christians blow them off. As you go... Jesus speaking to his disciples. As you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Some Christians, very few will actually do that, but none do verse 8. You're like, Tom, there are exceptions. I'm preaching that to be hyperbolic, but it's actually very true. Of course, there's exceptions. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out Demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Well, I never have those opportunities. That's because you don't ask. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth, and unto him that knocks, it shall be opened. But do you want the power?